Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Guys, I am super pumped for you to meet our guest today. Uh, Our guest today is, I like to call him Drew T., Drew T. Jackson. So Drew, uh, Drew and I met both in the John Maxwell team. And I think we met, it was like a, an accountability group or some, something yes, like that. A sales group. We were trying, there were three of us and uh, a guy named Brian, and we would do weekly, if not more phone calls for 12 weeks. And we were out there cold calling and knocking on doors and hustling and asking all our friends and family you know, how to, uh, trying to get our, our businesses off the ground. That was back in like 2016, something like that. Yeah, man, it was, it was a few years ago. It was, uh, I'd just gotten started. So, um, Drew is somebody I have a ton of respect for. I hope you got your pens and you got your notebooks ready because Drew is full of wisdom and, uh, insight. So Drew, welcome to the podcast principles, uh, with us today. Hey, thank you for having me here, Corey. And, uh, okay, so I was thinking about, I do call you Corey Lee because I think that name just goes, it goes together so perfectly. And you call me Drew T and it's funny because I was thinking about this, my website, or if you see me on LinkedIn, I can always tell when there's an auto-generated request because it always says Drew T, comma, you know, we'd like to ask you something. My name on, on LinkedIn and professionally is, is Drew T. Jackson. Uh, because there's a professional baseball player named Drew Jackson. And when I went to go get my website, Drew Jackson was already taken. So I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta do something. So Drew T Jackson is what I put in and Corey Lee, Drew T, it just, it just fit, you know, it worked. Yeah, it just fits. You know, my kids make fun of me. They say, uh, you always give everybody a nickname. I said, only if I like you, if I like you, you get a nickname. So Drew T. There you go. Yeah. So man, I'm, I'm excited to jump in with you. And you know, it's been interesting that I think that was back in 2016, 2017, and it's been Mm -hmm. interesting to watch you from a distance to watch your business grow. When we first got started, both you and I were going through a transition. I believe that was, I was still working full-time in the physical therapy world. You were still in ministry. And I think about the same time we made that transition full-time into uh, doing what we're doing now. So it's been awesome to watch it from a distance. Yeah. Same here. It's been, it's been such a, a great uh, process. I've really enjoyed watching your life. And I, I've told you this before, and I'll say this to any of the podcast listeners out there that, you know, you're, you're way more humble than I would be if I had, if I, if I had achieved everything you've achieved. I mean, you're just a successful entrepreneur and uh, you're doing great things. And, and this is a new iteration and you're, you're killing it in, in this industry. And so, uh, so I, same thing, you know, mutual admiration club right here. With yeah, each other. there you go. Well, maybe later on in the podcast, you, you said something to me one time that hit me, almost caused me to pause and it, it has actually become one of my core teachings. And maybe we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but I'd never even considered it until you said something to me one day, just in passing. So, but okay. Drew, um, before we get going, I would love to hear, we called principles with Corey and Logan. Do you have a handful or maybe one or two values that uh, kind of shape who you are or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. So I, I went through that process. I think at some point, every business owner has to go through those process, 
processes of figuring out what are your core values? What do you believe in? And as a, a, a coach, really starting out solopreneur, it's all about you, right? You're, the business is a reflection of you. And uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to have any video on this, but behind me in, in the picture here, we've got my core values. So we've got um, you know, fully believe is right here behind me. With all of my clients, um, I've got to fully believe in them. And for me to do that, they first have to believe in themselves. And sometimes they struggle with that. And I'm okay with people that struggle with believing in themselves, but I can't work with people that won't show up for themselves. I can't, I can't want it more than you want it for yourself. And so I can only work with people that I fully believe in, that I believe are invested in themselves. Um, another value is leverage creativity. So I, I want to think of creative solutions for my clients. Not just, uh, I, I like to, I take a point of pride with my business when I can modify, modify my approach for the client and their situation. So whether I'm working with an HVAC company, a mortgage company, a restaurant, a bank, whatever the case is, a medical office, um, the people principles are the same, but the application is going to be a little bit different every time. And part of what makes uh, this business exciting for me is that I get to come alongside different uh, businesses, different individuals, and really partner with them in what they're doing and modify what I'm doing to meet their needs. So leveraging creativity and then exceed expectations in everything I do. Uh, I think our mutual mentor, John said it, you know, expectations are the floor, right? That's, we, we ask our clients, what, do you, what are your expectations for this strategic planning session, this coaching endeavor, this training, whatever we're doing, what are the expectations? And that's the floor that we begin with. And our goal is to exceed that floor. And then finally cultivate trust. So trustworthiness, I think it might be, I'd have to look it up again, but I think part of what my name means or a definition of my name is trustworthy. And that's just been a core value of mine for many years is to uh, carry myself in a way that um, builds or cultivates trust with those around me. And to do that as well, I believe you have to extend trust, right? So you kind of have to put trust out there and then it reciprocates and people, people then trust you back. So those would be my core values for sure. Yeah, I love that. You know, trust, uh, there's so many books written on trust that trust is the foundation of leadership. It's the, it's the foundation of relationships. And I love um, one of the teachings John talks about, he talks about that trust is the foundation. Really, the question is, uh, for those that, that, that we lead, can I trust you enough to give you my best? And I think as leaders, it's a, it's a reciprocal thing there as well, too. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, and those are good. I love your fully believe too. And I love twofold. You talked about they've got to believe in themselves uh, too. But what I've found is that not many people have somebody like yourself to come alongside of them that, that fully believes in them or cares about their success just as much as they do outside of their spouse or their mama and them, you know, yeah. and it's powerful when you have somebody like that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Drew, uh, I know we've kind of just jumped in. We've been going for a little bit. The listeners may not know much about you. So, Drew, uh, tell us a sure. little bit about yourself, uh, anything you want to share, kind of where you're at. Um, the last time we, you were in the Dallas area, you guys still in that area? Yes, yes, we are in, in Fort Worth, Texas, so just outside of Dallas. Um, folks who live in Fort Worth don't want to be associated with Dallas. So, um, so, you know, we're our own thing. I think we're the 15th largest city in the nation, so... 
we kind of got it going on here. I'm um, just saying, but uh, we love it here in Fort Worth. Uh, married to my wife, uh, we're coming up on 20 years of marriage this year, uh, and then we've got five kids, and 17 to four, and we're done. Um, about we we were on a track every three years, and uh, in the middle of the pandemic, or right in the beginning of the pandemic, was a three-year mark, and we're like, we are not having any more kids, and so we got three dogs instead. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I regret that and wish we would have just had another kid. It would have been easier. But uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we live here in Fort Worth. I've got my uh, executive coaching and, and leadership development uh, business, and it's been going wonderful. The pandemic was one of those times where I was reading everything I could on what you do during the pandemic. And I, I made a big pivot, a big shift, like many of us did. And uh, it turned out working out very well, um, which was fantastic. A little bit about me before I I started my coaching business. I was a pastor for many years. And I actually kind of my story is I was about five years old and I woke up in the middle of the night and or I I was having a dream and I saw myself on a stage as an adult speaking. And I jumped out of bed, ran to my parents' room and I was my dad was a pastor. I said, I think I'm supposed to be a preacher when I grow up. And Time would go on and, and I would go into uh, being a, a pastor vocationally and did that for many years. And while I was uh, planting a church in Santa Barbara, California, I built the church by going to networking events and interacting with business people and kind of trying to build my network in town. It was a brand new town. I hadn't lived there before by doing that. So in doing that, I got this huge database email list of, of business people and I'd send out a weekly email of Proverbs out of, out of those who are familiar with the Bible, the book of Proverbs. And I would send just kind of a generic, you know, a, a soft answer turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, how can you apply this to your family work or your spouse? And I'd have bank presidents come up to me and say, Hey man, I really like your email. You know, I really like what you're saying. And, and they'd like whisper it into my ear. And I'm like, Hey, why are we whispering right now? You know, it's okay. If you say you like my email and I said, well, if you like the email, you love coming to church. And they're like, man, church just isn't my thing. That's not, not my thing. And, and so through the process of time, the, the church actually wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, didn't work out. Uh, it wasn't able to support my family, which is what led me to looking into coaching so that we could potentially uh, continue coaching or have a business while, while leading the church. But I just didn't give myself enough time in Santa Barbara to do that. So uh, moved back to Texas and was immediately asked to be back on staff at the church we were at before. And I had a year where I was like, okay, God, I've got this massive opportunity to uh, reach business people, but I've got, you know, friends, mentors around me offering me, hey, this church wants a new senior pastor. You want to take it over? And, and but I just wasn't feeling that. I, I didn't feel like that was the next move for me. And so did a lot of praying about it. And, uh, really felt led to go full-time with uh, coaching business. And so into 2017, that's what we did and just jumped in, man. It was, it was cold Turkey. It was, it was, uh, you know, what, what did our old mentor say? Paul Martinelli jump and find your, uh, build your wings on the way down. Right. So it was one of those things, just hustling, just knocking on doors, making phone calls and uh, you know, <laughs> We made it till today. I have a I have a mentor named Tony Ford, and he he taught me the number one rule in business. He said, "Is don't run out of money." 
<laughs> and and uh, he said, okay. you can break every rule in business. You can bend, you can bend the money rule, but you can't break it. He said, if you break it, uh, it's like the, the game of Monopoly. You, you got to put all the pieces back in the box and put it away. And, and you might play another day, but you're not going to play again that day. So, uh, so anyhow, that's kind of my journey. That's, that's my history. And I'm really a product of wonderful people around me, wonderful friends, uh, people opening doors and just going out there and trying to be, uh, fearless and, and, and courageous and, and, uh, reaching out to people and, and hustling and try to build a business. So yeah. that's my, that's my, I guess, five minute story. I like that, man. That's awesome. Uh, don't break the money rule, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. run out of money. I like that. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I think it, it was really close. You and I both did the, did the same jump at the same time. It was really close. I think you, you, jumped out and maybe a couple weeks later or something, I felt the same thing. <laughs> and, um, curious, you, as coaches, we talk with people who are in that same, a lot of times that same, uh, man, should I, shouldn't I, can I, can't I, will I, won't I, you know, that phase right mm -hmm. there. What really helped you? Like, how did, how did you know that may be the path for you? What was your thought process in that? It was a year process. I mean, it was the entire year and it took going to mentors and talking to people uh, like another one, like Tony Ford, who is also um, uh, a Christian leader. And so I was able to go to him and, and he understood the dynamic of faith that was there. And the biggest thing that he told me, because, okay, let's go back to my original dream when I was five years old, I saw myself standing on a stage speaking well, at that time in my life, five years old, my dad's a preacher. The only people that spoke on stages were preachers. Yeah. And I had just been going with that was the interpretation of, of this, you know, dream that I had and this thing in my heart that I was supposed to do. But through the process of time, I realized, hey, there are a lot of different ways that that speaking gifting, that speaking ability can be used. And it doesn't have to be confined to one particular situation. So kind of boiling it down to the essence of what am I good at? And that was part of the process, actually, pre-moving pre back to Texas. As I was leading the church, I was going through the process of what, am, what are my core um, giftings? And I came up with, with speaking and leading and, um, and maybe connecting in there, too. Speaking, leading, connecting as well. But I kind of communication connection is all, I believe, part of that leadership piece. But I was meeting with uh, Tony and having breakfast and my biggest challenge, the biggest challenge I had to overcome, and he's a great coach and he was able to ask me the questions about this. The greatest question I had to overcome was, am I going to be doing something wrong, like against my calling? Am I going to be going against what God put me on earth to do? And he just told me, looked at me, said, Drew, you can't mess up. And it just stopped me in my tracks. I thought, wow. Okay. And I thought about that. And he just said, you can't mess up. Just go for it. And so that really encouraged me. And then along the process of time, we have another fellow mentor. Um, so mentorship, there's the theme for you. If you want to understand what helped me through the process, it was, it was good coaching. It was good mentoring. It was good people asking me, smart people asking me great questions, but Mark Cole, a, a mutual mentor of ours, he he had been through that same transition of being in ministry, having family members uh, that were pastors, that strong kind of, this is, this is, you know, where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do mindset kind of built into him. And he transitioned into being a 
international business person extraordinaire, right? And, and fantastic leader and coach. So asking him questions, having that opportunity to ask him questions weekly, uh, if not every other week, that really helped me along the process. So I think having trusted advisors around your life, whether that's, you know, a coach that you engage the process with, or someone who is a mentor that doesn't have any irons in the fire. They can't be someone close to the situation because your loved ones, as much as they love you, they, they have a picture of who they believe you're supposed to be. And um, so you've got to get that outside, that outside perspective to, um, I believe, to get, to get some objectivity. I agree. You know, it's very difficult to, to, to even coach somebody that your family members with, because at the end of the day, you, you're somehow attached to the outcome, you know, somehow, even if you tried to the best you can to put that outside of your mind, you don't ask the best questions. And, and really that's what it is. Asking really, really good questions um, can help you discover that. That, that is, that's really powerful. Um, really, really powerful. And I, I, I like that. Um, I heard a mentor. I, actually, I read this in a book and it goes along with what you said. You can't mess up. You can't mess it up. I think so many of us hold on to that. It's almost like we're walking a, it's like we're walking this wide path, but we're almost feel like we're walking a tightrope, you know? And I had this guy, he was telling a story about him growing up and he would often go see his granddad in a, uh, another town. And he was a young kid. He had three brothers and they would go to this town and he was about eight years old. And um, the granddad would say, Hey, let's go get ice cream. And they would get in the car and they would get to a red light. And the granddad would say, which way? And he would not go until they said right, left, or straight. They would say something, and then they would come to a red light or a stop sign, and he'd say, well, which way? And he would not move until they told away. And he did that until they actually got to the ice cream shop. And, you know, the guy was eight years old in a town. He didn't know. But what he didn't say was that his granddad was over the postal service and knew every street, every route, and anytime they made a wrong turn, he was able to get them back on the right path to the destination. And, uh, and, you know, when I understood that and then what you said right there, that is, that is powerful, you know, when you understand that. That's good. That's good stuff. Well, Drew, um, you know, I, I've been watching you from a distance and I see you got a book out. And can you tell us a little bit about that book? What is it? Uh, who's it for? And uh, maybe, maybe some uh, nuggets that you want to drop with us. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's called the Executive Leader's Handbook, and it's a, a guide for the daily challenges of leadership. And before anybody checks out and they say, hey, I'm not an executive leader, I'm not a CEO, I, you know, I'm, I'm not part of an executive team, I don't have that anywhere in my title. I want to tell you that the definition of an executive is someone who has senior managerial decision making in an organization. So if you have any sort of senior managerial decision making in an organization, then you would be considered an executive leader. And all of these principles, really, in, in all honesty, anybody can use them. Uh, I, I have the book broken down into three, um, three sections. First one on communication. I believe communication is the foundation of all soft skills. And so communication is the foundation of leadership as well. Healthy, uh, clear, uh, 
good, good communication, effective communication. The, the second section is on organizational leadership. So how do I lead a meeting? So I have a meeting model in there that you can follow on, on how, to, how to lead an effective meeting. And then the final section is on mindset because so much of what we do, I'm, I have an executive um, leadership group that is, uh, meets midweek and um, their clients, they're, they're fantastic. But so much of what we do in that meeting is overcoming the mindsets that we have. Because we all have those, uh, that the, a certain worldview based on where we were raised, who raised us, um, the influences around us, and all of those, those items shape our worldview. And we can put limits on ourselves based on that worldview or based on what's been said about us or what we think we should do or what we think is right. And so in that section, uh, one of my favorites is, favorite chapters is, um, you know, being a, a dream achiever or a people pleaser. And you can't be both. You've got to choose one or the other. You're either going to achieve your dreams or you're going to spend your life trying to please people, which is a fruitless effort because you will never please everybody. And even if you please some people, it's only short-lived. You're, I, I think of it this way. You know, if you think of a movie, um, there's a main character and then everybody else is, um, uh, you know, a, a secondary character. And you will only ever be supporting cast in anybody else's dream. I, I'm the main character in my dream, right? <laughs> You're the main character in your dream and our paths will cross and that's wonderful. But in your dream, I'm supporting cast. And so I wanna support you as best I can, but I'm never gonna be the lead role. And so you have to determine for yourself what, what lead role you wanna take. And that lead role might be a supportive role, but you have to choose that not because someone else said, this is what you're good at doing, or this is the only thing you can do. And so you need to do this. So really uh, differentiating that. So those are the three, the three topics, um, but specifically geared towards leadership and, and being in a leadership role and how to have conversations with your uh, customers. If, if you have conflict with them, how to have uh, conversations with uh, tough conversations with your employees um, and uh, you know, what to do if you, if you have a failure, I, I just shared with you, a failure, right? I had a church plant that I, that I did for four years. It failed. We ran out of money and it couldn't support itself. So technically it failed, right? Um, how do you process that? How do you learn from that? How do you grow from that? How do you take the wisdom from that and move forward um, and pick up the pieces? So I've got some information in there about that. Um, so yeah, the book, the book is for leaders. And, and let me say this, I gave myself a couple rules with the book. And the number one rule being, this is only material that I teach my clients or that I, they're the tips, tricks, and techniques that I share with them in our coaching sessions or in my training sessions. So this is proven. I've got the, the, the book starts out with a, a ton of reviews, not to, uh, as one of our other mentors, Scott Faye used to say, not to impress, but to impress upon the reader that this, this stuff is not um, just made up. I'm not just creating this and, and, and putting it out there and saying, hey, tr you try it and you figure out if it works or not. No, I've, I've tried it. It's proven. Uh, I'm not trying to be a thought leader. It's very hands-on with, with the book. Uh, number two, I share true stories in the book about client interactions, stories about life, but I do change all the names and the industries 
to protect the innocent, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not outing anybody in the book, but they are true stories. They're really what have happened. And then every chapter has practical tips that you can use to put into practice. So that's why I call it a handbook. My goal is that people can take, you know, they have a problem, they can open up the book, they can go, is this a communication problem, organizational leadership problem, or a mindset problem? And then they can find one of the chapters that will help them address the problem that they're facing, put it into practice, and then come back to it. So that's, that's kind of how I set up the book and, and uh, what it's all about. That's awesome. So, so if I got the book, I'm about to go into a meeting, I can flip to the organizational leadership part on the meeting. I can just, boom, got it right there. Exactly. You got it right there. I even have uh, available, there's a link in the book. I have available um, a download, a digital download. There are a few different ones, but this one in particular is, it gives you just a, a PDF that you can use to outline your meeting and how to, the questions to ask yourself so that you're following the model, but also, you know, do I need to call this meeting or can I call it off? Because we don't want to have meetings just to have a meeting. We've all been in those meetings before, right? And, and they're, they're boring, they're unfruitful, they could have been an email. And if you've never been in a meeting like that, it might be because you lead meetings like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even know it. But, uh, but we, I, I want people to have effective meetings because when we talk about leadership, you know, we're, we're asking our team members to hit critical deadlines and critical goals. And then we waste time out of their day on a fruitless meeting. That, that's not just, um, that's not just bad leadership. I think that's wrong, right? It's just kind of ethically wrong to say, you need to hit this goal, but I'm gonna waste a couple hours out of your week every week on a, a ridiculous meeting that doesn't need to happen or that I'm not really doing anything or conveying anything that's gonna help you achieve those goals. So things like that, that, uh, <laughs> that I share in the book. Yeah, man. I, I know that. I bet that mindset uh, chapter is going to be good. And you start off with communication. You said it's three sections, communication, organizational leadership and mindset. And man, I really believe and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, this is just, a, you know, working with leaders and even in myself, too. Um, I'd love your thought on this if you think I'm wrong or, or what else, whatever. But I, there, there are a ton of skills you can learn as a leader. But if there is just one just one that you could only learn one. And I truly believe it's if you could learn how to communicate and connect with people, man, that, that skill would separate you from pretty much everybody else. If you, if you just hone in on the one, um, I feel like it's that, that important. Now there are other ones out there that definitely, but man, that one is just so powerful. I, I just love your thoughts on that feedback. Whatever. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree hundred percent. And I, I like to say it's the foundation. So just like any good house, you have to have a solid foundation. I think there's lots of great um, executors out there and wonderful um, directors, people who can direct folks, people who personally can execute well. And those are wonderful things that you have to have um, as part of your leadership toolkit. But the foundation, if you can't communicate for vision buy-in, then who's going to follow you, Yeah. right? Unless they have to. And in this environment, when four and a half million people are quitting or changing jobs a month, that's, that's the difference maker right there. <laughs> you know, is your ability to get buy-in from your team and make them feel like they're a part of something greater than themselves and they see themselves within the organization as a key part of that organization. 
How does that happen? That happens through communication. It happens through making those daily deposits of encouragement so that when you do need to, ultimately, it's always going to happen in every relationship. There are going to be times when you have to say, hey, this is the standard. You're not meeting the standard. I need you to get up here, right? I need, I need you to get up to the standard. And so when those times come, if you have had a steady stream of communication with, with your employees, then that conversation isn't as hard. It's, I, I don't know about you, but I know with myself, with social media, it's like a muscle that now, yeah, I know you know a lot about muscles. Um, and maybe, maybe that's just what it is. A body in motion stays in motion. But when, when I'm on social media, if I'm out of the habit of posting on social media, there's an insecurity, a, a, a hesitancy to post because now it's like the one thing that people will hear from me in the last six months, <laughs> you know, and like, they're going to judge everything about me on this one post is kind of the thought that goes through your head. Whereas if you've been posting daily or commenting on people's stuff every uh, few hours or a couple of times a day, you'll throw out all kinds of stuff that you don't even care because it's just one out of 30 interactions you've had that week. The same thing is true with your leadership. If you are actively engaging and communicating with your team, having a tough conversation with them, a, a conversation where you're challenging them to uh, step it up, it's so much easier if you asked them how their day was just six hours earlier. You, you um, complimented them on a job well done just a week earlier. If you've steadily been, been investing in them and communicating with them, then it's not, it's not as tough of a conversation when it does come. So yeah, absolutely. It's that foundation of, uh, if we look at it like a building, the foundation of healthy and um, strong uh, leadership. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, <clears throat> you talk about um, relationship capital is, is kind of what you're talking about there. It's like having change in your pocket. Every time you, you, you add the value right there to them, how's your day going? And, and you know, the, those kind of things, adding to the yeah. relationship, kind of putting change in your pocket. But <clears throat> exactly, many leaders, they ask, ask, and ask, and they don't have any change in their pocket. And yeah, uh, yeah. how about that? NSF. They get insufficient funds when they when they make that hard ask. That's right. <laughs> I like that relationship capital. That's good. Yeah, insufficient funds. I drew. Um, yeah, I, I do the whole uh, social media thing like you as well. But I went the whole month of November without being on social media, and you know it was so. It wasn't hard not being on there, but my thumb had an addiction. I think to going over to the app <laughs> on my yeah. phone. Yeah. So uh, guys, I know that anything that Drew does, it, it is good. It exceeds expectations. Like he said, he, it, that is one of his core values. I know it'll be good. At the end of this podcast, he's going to share how you could possibly be a part of the whole book launch and mm -hmm. give some information. If you want to be a part of that, I think it'd be, be awesome. Really want to support Drew in that uh, as well. I know it's going to be good. So Drew, I, I know you, you are, are a leader and all leaders are learners as well. I would love to hear what you, what are you learning right now? What are you studying or learning? That's, or, that's, or a, that's a great question. So I am going through, I can hold it up. I am going through no limits mm. again. So uh, we, our mentor, John Maxwell wrote this book back in 2017 and I'm leading a team through this book. And so, you know, it's one thing to read a book for yourself or listen to the audio version, whatever the case is, and you get it and you're like, that's good. It's another thing to dig into it in preparation to teach it to somebody mm -hmm. else. And it's a whole nother level. 
And then you add in with this executive group that I, that I lead, interacting with it, right? Asking questions, going down the rabbit trails about uh, how, how others are interacting with the material. So No Limits is, is what I'm reading through right now. And then just all the time, I'm trying to stay up to speed on articles. I can, I can read the articles pretty quick. I like the, my mix for me, I love where um, research and uh, best practices intersect. I think that is where the gold can be found. So if you can find what research is saying and then what the best of the best out there are doing, and when those two cross, that, that's some fantastic stuff to find. So I like to read the Inc. magazine articles and stuff like that, which tend to be more best practices or, or you know, whatever other publications are out there, entrepreneur, all that kind of stuff. And then I like to get the Harvard Business Review, um, MIT articles and read those and see where they cross paths. And, and, and that's where I think the best practices can be found. So. Yeah. I read a lot of that too. I like that. I'm just curious, anything jumping out to you in the no limits that it's like, oh, that's really good. That, that You know, there are times you read a book and um, it, it, it's like perfect timing for you. Something about it is like the, the season you're in is like, man, that really speaks to you. Just curious, there may or may not be in this season for you. Just wondering if there, there was anything. Yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of what we talked about, and it's the beginning of the book, but the foundation of growing your capacity is understanding, uh, having a good, healthy self-awareness. And with that self-awareness, now you have a, a foundation or a framework of where you're at. To have self-awareness, you, you have to know um, uh, where you are before you can, you can go to where you want to go, right? Mm -hmm. um, what, what is the saying? Know yourself to grow yourself, yeah. right? So just that understanding, that, that was a big topic as we were discussing this last week of knowing um, who we are, self-awareness, and how self-awareness plays out in life. And is that the key factor? And so that, that was actually a topic. Is, is self-awareness the key factor? Opportunities the key factor? Um, what are they? And, and we all landed back on self-awareness because that's the one thing you can control. You can't control uh, where you were born, um, who, what family you were born into, uh, who decides to be favorable to you and give you opportunities. Those are things outside of your control. But uh, Dr. Henry Cloud says you can't control uh, people, circumstances, situations, or outcomes, but you can control how you respond to people, circumstances, situations, and outcomes. So self-awareness really teaches us that, hey, all we can do is, is determine how we're going to respond to uh, the situations that we find ourselves in, which that's it, right? That, that is, that's the key factor. I was giving a talk yesterday and I was talking about the Stockdale paradox or principle, whatever you want to call it, how um, you've got to have faith that, that everything's going to work out in the end, but you have to have the tension that you have to be realistic with yourself on where you're at right now. What is the current reality? So with that self-awareness kind of bringing it full circle, I think the best question we can ask ourselves is what's important now? Mm -hmm. Not what was important a month ago, a year ago, a week ago, even 10 minutes ago. But we get information in a split second, whether it's a text, whether it's an email, whether it's a phone call, we get new information all the time. And we have to ask ourselves as leaders, what is important now? Just as individuals in life, what is important now? What is the most uh, um, 
what's going to give me the greatest return of investment on my time today based on the information that I know right now? What's important now? So that's a huge, I believe a huge thing in self-awareness and recognizing that and just grappling with, with what we're dealing with currently. Not what we wish it would be, right? I think we're both optimists. So we'd love to deal in the what I wish it would be, what I hope it could be, what I see it could be, but we have to deal with the reality. Hey, man. Hey, I, I'm, a, I'm forever an optimist. Yes. <laughs> all day. All day. It's right. all good. Yeah, but you're right. You know, that awareness, it is so key. Self-awareness, I would 100% agree with you. You had mentioned the name Paul Martinelli the, uh, earlier yeah. in the podcast and he said something one time that has stuck with me forever, and it goes along with self-awareness. He says, it does you no good to be in the right place at exactly the right time if you lack, if you lack the awareness that you're even there. You know, so you can be in the right place at the right time, but if, if you don't have the awareness that you're there, it does you no good, you yeah. know? And, uh, man, that's powerful. Yeah. Well, so along with that, just to kind of maybe put a bow on it, if you, if you don't have self-awareness, meaning what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your opportunities? What are your threats, right? You, you can do a SWOT analysis on your business, but you can do it on yourself as well. So I mentioned my strengths earlier, uh, speaking, leading, connecting with people. Well, that shuts out a lot of the noise. That helps me understand that I'm never gonna be an accountant like my wife, right? <laughs> It's not, it's not in my strength. So I'm not going to be an engineer. I'm not going to be a lawyer like my son wants to be, or my daughter wants to be a blood splatter analysis analyst. How about that one? Huh? Oh, wow. Which comes with that? Um, what are we watching she, in this house? Did she have a dream about that? Right? Or, you know. <laughs> I, I was amazed when she came up with that. I think it's so cool. And I, I, I'd love to go on a ride along when, when she does it, but they're, they think differently than me, right? They have different skill sets. They have different abilities. And so self-awareness not only opens opportunities, it closes ones that are not in your strength zone that would really just be a waste of time. There's so many things. Someone comes to us, comes up to us or solicits, solicits us every day, right? Hey, I think this business opportunity would be great for you. Hey, I think this opportunity would be fantastic for you. I think you'd really enjoy getting along with this. And I used to struggle with saying no to all those things because I'd be excited and, and I'd get fired up about it. And I'd pick up on their energy and I'd say, hey, this sounds cool. Well, once I got very clear on my strengths, it, it was so easy to have those conversations say, that sounds fantastic for you. And I, I'm so excited for you. I'll support you in whatever way I can. For me, this is my focus. This is what I'm working on. And this is my strength zone. And so thank you so much for telling me about it. But it, that's just not something that, that, uh, that fits within my strength zone. And you move right along. No time wasted, right? Yeah, right. Man, that's awesome. Well, um, this is outside of leadership just a little bit. Okay, but, yeah, let's go for but, it. But curious, uh, do you dream often like that? Oh, like like have dreams like that? Yeah. Um, uh, I have over the years. Um, they tend to be kind of big, yeah, uh, big shifting dreams. So uh, another one I had when I was, my wife and I were newly married. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this one because it's kind of a cool story. But we were newly married. And we were working at, I was doing plumbing and I was going to Bible college part-time. And before we, we got married, we worked at a restaurant together and it was in downtown Fort Worth. And I had a parallel park to get a parking spot. And I was horrible at it. <laughs> and, um, but 
the prime spots were right outside of the restaurant that we worked at, which almost made it more nerve wracking, right? You're parking in front of all your employees. So I'd back in, but, but if I got a prime spot right there, we could pull out, get on a main road, get on the freeway and be on our way home very quickly instead of walking to a parking garage and, and kind of going through all that hassle. So I had this dream as I was working, I was, when I was 19, I did plumbing. So I was a plumber's apprentice, but I was going to uh, ministry school part-time and I had this dream of myself. I saw myself parallel parking downtown in front of that restaurant we used to work at and struggling to get in. And then I woke up and immediately after that, the interpretation came. That's kind of how it comes for me. The interpretation came um, to go to Bible college full-time. So quit the opportunity. Plumbing apprentice, I mean, that's a great trade, right? Yeah. And uh, I was three years in on five years of being an apprentice, but quit that, go to Bible college full-time. It'll be hard to get in, just like it's hard for you to parallel park. But once you're done, you'll be on the fast track um, where I want you to go. So, so anyways, that, that was the interpretation I just knew. And then all I had to do then was, was sell my wife on it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so that, that was another dream. And and yeah, I've had dreams like that subsequent to that over the years, but they tend to be kind of big, big monumental things when that happens. That's awesome, man. I, lo- I love hearing that, I, I, man. Yeah. Uh, How about yourself? Have you, do you ever oh, have man. dreams it, like that? Directional dreams? Hey, look, this, this is your podcast. This is not about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, I have. And uh, I, I love, I love when the Lord speaks like that. You know, he speaks in a bunch of different ways, but yep. very much like you, the, the dreams I have have been very uh, directional type things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have dreams that don't mean anything, but when you have a dream like that, you, you know, you know, there's something to it. So yeah, I've, I've had some honor kind of, I don't know if I have enough time to talk in length about some. So, but uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. I was just curious. I, yeah. I had a mentor that uh, he would joke around. He's, he would have dreams quite often that would be, you know, kind of lead him in different direction. And he said, uh, he said, I think God gives me dreams because that's the only time I'll shut up and he can talk to me. <laughs> That's funny. I, I was praying one day and um, I, I was just praying and praying and praying. And I, I felt in my spirit, uh, Lord, are you going to be quiet so I can talk? And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah you're right. So I've gotten that one too. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's funny. <laughs> it must be that I type personality, right? I, I think so. That I and, and I think we both got the I and the D, right? Is yeah, that right? man, I D. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So persuaders. <laughs> That's it. So one, one other kind of question along that, that vein right there, you had mentioned sending out Proverbs. I love, love some Proverbs. Read it, um, read it one a day every, every month and those kind of things. Yeah. <clears throat> had a friend the other day said he reads a different translation every month, which I thought was very interesting. But I'd love to hear, do you have any, um, do you have one proverb or maybe one or two that you just really like that, that you kind of stick in your pocket? Um. I mean, the one, a, a soft answer turns away wrath and a harsh word stirs up anger. I think um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm getting asked a question in another, another uh, podcast later. And one of the questions was, you know, how do you deal with client conflicts? And really, I, that, that proverb is probably how I, I deal with it. I, I try to understand why are they upset? It's probably a miscommunication is probably why they're upset. And if I respond with a soft answer, I actually have a chapter about this in the book on how to deal when you have conflict like that. And I share a story, but if you share a soft answer, 
and you seek to uh, solve the problem instead of seeking to be right, then you can usually overcome the challenge that you're facing. If you just want to go in there and throw a bomb, you know, in the particular situation that I talk about in my book, I don't think I would have lost the client. Uh, and I talk about that because we got them fantastic results. We got them 20% uh, increase in revenue year over year and uh, happy, happy employees. Things are going great. So I don't think they would have fired me if I would have um, just returned in kind with a harsh word. But because I didn't do that, um, I got other opportunities with this client in the way of recommendations, referrals, reviews, all that kind of stuff. And, and we continued the relationship. So, you know, pride wants to say, just give them a piece of your mind, but um, I, don't, I don't think that's the way to go. So anyways, that, that passage, it's funny, my parents had that posted in the house by the phone. Remember when we used to have to use the phone on the wall? And yeah. so it, it was right there on the phone, uh, by the <clears throat> phone on the wall. And my sister and I, because we kind of fought like cats and dogs uh, when we were in high school, but now she helps me with my business. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's great how things work out and you mature, but that would probably be the proverb that, uh, that sticks out to me. I like that. That is awesome. That is good stuff. Well, Drew, man, I, I really appreciate your time. And I, man, you, you've added a ton of value. For those that really would like to be a part of the book launch, can you, can you tell us what that looks like? And then how yeah. do they go to sign up for that? Absolutely. Great question. And, and thank you so much for asking me that. So when this, this podcast comes out, there's still plenty of time to join the uh, book launch team. And what the book launch team is, let me tell you where you can go to do that. It's book launch, B-O-O-K-L-A-U-N-C-H dot Drew, D-R-E-W-T as in Thomas, Jackson.com, book launch dot Drew T Jackson.com. It'll take you to a landing page. You can sign up. You'll get all the information about being on the book launch team. But what it is, is the people on the book launch team are going to get an advanced free copy of my book, a digital copy that they'll get 30 days before my book goes live on Amazon where people can purchase it. And what I'm asking the book launch team to do is to read 25% or listen to 25%. I've already recorded the, the audio version. Listen to 25% of the book. Give me an honest review, what you honestly think about the material in the book. And then I ask you to post that review on Amazon on March 8th when the book goes live. So, uh, because of that, and, and as a thank you for that, you're obviously getting the book for free, but then I'm also doing, I have a Facebook group for this, and I'm doing weekly leadership trainings on uh, material out of the book, totally free, the stuff that my clients pay for, I'm going to be available and calling it the leadership lunch hour on Thursdays, and so I'm going to be available for question, q and I'm going to share, um, I think I, I was sharing this with you earlier, there's really two groups of people that would be interested of your listeners that would be interested in this, those interested in leadership, but that's probably everybody because, because you've got this leadership principles, fantastic uh, podcast. Uh, those in leadership are aspiring to be leaders. And then the other people that would be interested in my launch team are those that are aspiring authors, people that think, Hey, I think one day I might want to write a book. And you're wondering how would I even get the word out about my book? How would I get people interested? And that's what I'm doing with the book launch team. And you're going to get to learn from my successes and then more importantly, learn from my failures so you don't repeat them. And, uh, and then I would love an opportunity to be on your uh, book launch team when, when, when people who sign up 
uh, are on mine. So anyhow, that's that's how you get on it. Booklaunch.drewtjackson.com. And then uh, I've got a ton of free material that I want to give you and along with the book. So that's that's how you do it. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, man, I highly encourage you because I know, like I said earlier, Drew, when he does anything, it's going to be good. Exceed expectations. So if you want to be an author, have a, have a desire, maybe even what that may look like, that's for you if you are a leader. And we like to say that all people have leadership potential and uh, it is for you. And that that's awesome being a part. You know, you mentioned the Facebook group. You think about who's in there, right? Drew's dropping in the, the good stuff in there. He's going to be doing the teaching but there are going to be leaders and authors in there. That's a great opportunity to connect with other leaders and authors from around the country, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm really excited about the group that's on there. One of the group members uh, just dropped a, dropped an album. So he just dropped a, a, an album and, and that was cool. So I was able to cheer him on. So yeah, it's a great group of interesting people from all across the country. And uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be great interactions is what I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Well, Drew, you've added a ton of value. So it's booklaunch.drewtjackson.com. We'll have that in the show notes. You can click on that. Um, it'd be a great opportunity uh, for you guys. So Drew, I appreciate you. You've added, like I said, a ton of value. Thank you guys for taking a listen today to Principles with Corey and Logan. Logan's not here today, but it's just me and Drew. Uh, hey, and if this has added value to you, comment below. Maybe something that Drew mentioned that stood out to you. Uh, maybe how he has added value to you. We'll, we'll pass that along to him, but make sure to like and subscribe. And you guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself, as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform, and hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?